Alright, hello, hello, welcome to the second episode of Coaches Chat. Uh, today, myself, Callum, I'm here with Jane, and we have Ollie joining us. Uh, Ollie, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hello, I'm Ollie Clinton, I guess. Um, Coaches Chat, yeah, I've been coaching CrossFit for five years, maybe. I uh, used to own a gym, so I thought coming on here would be actually quite cool. Give my experiences from used to owning a gym and how to run it differently. This time, and I've been competing in CrossFit six years now. Come from a weightlifting background. Yeah, beautiful. That. That sounds good. And we're we're running a camp with Ollie in a couple of weeks, so it just kind of made sense to get his input on a couple of things coming up. So great to have you here. What's the date on that? What's oh, when, that is where? the tenth and eleventh of September. There is uh, currently two days left to sign up so if you still are on the fence about that feel free if you're not sure how to do that message us we can help you out but and where can they find the link for that uh in all of our instagram bios so make sure you're following us on instagram for those that don't know my name my instagram handle is cullum underscore and then we've got jane louise underscore nz and ollie clinton nice and simple and look we'll put those in the cliff notes on the podcast notes but let's get into today's chat all right i've got some questions for these two uh more based around kind of why your coach is shit all right so first why your coach is shit yeah why is your coach shit that's all that's all all about today shit there could be a lot of reasons for that actually i like it i like it a lot and look i don't know what he's going to ask us but hopefully we're not going down a super negative slant here definitely not a negative slant but just (laughs) Maybe you're at a gym that's quite new on the CrossFit scene and maybe the coach has maybe just hasn't been educated the right way or maybe you haven't been educated the right way or you're just new and you don't know. Either way, let's get into it. First question is, why can't people get muscle-ups and chest spars right away? Who wants to take this one? Oh, I'd love to take this one on the chin, actually. Um, just with my experience is people rush movements rush wanting to get into movements they come into a crossfit gym like oh that guy looks real good he can do butterfly pull-ups butterfly chest bars i want to do that right now so oh sweet how many stroke pull-ups can you do oh no 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 i don't need to do them straight into butterflies or whatever you sure you'll get kipping pull-ups and stuff like that first but in the long run you got injuries you got weaknesses comes up in competition you can't do a stroke pull-up yeah, I'd suggest, uh, my opinion in any CrossFit gymnastic movement is get your strict movements first and then those come second. You'd agree mm. with that? Yeah, so I think is the question should they go straight into muscle-ups and chest bars or why can't they? As in like you're asking why shouldn't they, right? Is that is that? I'm just thinking as a new person coming to a gym and I see all these athletes everyone in the gym's an athlete right yep all these athletes busting out chest bars bar muscles and it looks really cool and looks like a lot of fun and i wouldn't see why i can't do it so why can't i do it do you mean like why can't i physically do it or why should i not do it in the way that i am what kind of like if i failed 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 a bar muscle what would you say to that person okay cool just to be clear because i've had people come into the gym Case in point, last weekend I was coaching brand new guys like coming in and they, they, they could do muscle-ups. It was great because they're very strong. Um, but I think what you're getting at and you know what is good to sort of allude to and talk about is 
the the foundations that you need to support those movements right so i'll give the example of and a lot of guys can often come in and do muscle ups and chest bars because they have a lot of base strength sometimes if they've come from a gym background um you know females on the other hand often don't have really good upper body pulling strength depending on what their background and kind of sport or movement or whatever is um so i think it's making sure they understand what those foundations are to be able to work towards those movements. If we talk about the bar muscle up, for example, and a chest bar as well, um, you know, having the lower lat strength, you'll see a lot of women who, you know, will get pull-ups, butterfly pull-ups, and it's very um, front, like loading. So, you know, biceps, very anterior delts, like, and that's where you start to see like shoulder problems and things like that. So, um, really working on the muscle groups that are going to help you to be able to do those muscles long term. So thinking about you know your lats, your lower lats, your big back muscles, so that you and core as well, so that you have yes. that you know gymnastic power to pop up in a bar muscle up if that's the case. Um, yeah, so you do you know you see a lot of yeah girls kind of trying and maybe you know getting the the one arm kind of chicken wing and yeah. they got up there to watch, totally like and once again like the last podcast i'm probably just envious because i can't do a chicken wing (laughs) so like all power to them amazing but like if they just go back and understand like hey if i work on these foundations i'm gonna be so good at these moving forward and it's gonna help with everything else one thing i don't like about it is um like you just said like chicken winging and stuff they'll get one but there's a difference between how to do it and then do it efficiently and I find a lot, especially in classes and people running to rush into competitions and stuff like that, as they come in, all credit to them, do a muscle up, like, oh, I've done CrossFit for a week and I can muscle up now. It's like, yeah, you've done one or two, but are you doing it correctly? Are you doing it efficiently to the point where if you're in a competition, like Nationals Qualifiers just gone now, for example, where there's 40 muscle ups paired with 35 burpees over the bar, it's a whole different ball game. And you come in and you're just you're honestly just going to start getting injured and mm. everything else. So there's efficiency and then doing it correctly. Correctly comes first, efficiency comes second. And I feel like if you're doing both wrong, it's just a recipe for disaster, really. Mm. And I think like patterning poor movement patterns, right? And look, I think you alluded to it, like we push ourselves to competitions, which is great. And it pushes us outside of what we knew we could do. Um, but then you do have to sort of go back if we call it that and relearn those foundations so that you can be better yeah, but yeah. um you know your first one's always going to be a bit like messy right yeah it yeah. is but then oh that's what actually where i was getting to is your first one is always going to be messy but you've done one just because it's in classes next week it doesn't mean you should do them yes just because you Ooh, can do that's one that's a big one you know okay. what i mean i feel like we're going down a rabbit hole now but i can see cullen sitting there going you guys are blabbering let's let's move on because uh 25 minutes let's go yeah. okay. while of the story is if you can do it practice basics first no and i agree very much with all of that i mean you got to set that good foundation like with anything you do across it you know you want to start with the basic foundation skills holding good positions and stuff like that and then when you get good at those then you move on right it's, you don't run before you walk you do the little things right first and then we can actually get to the big exciting fun things yeah nice yeah yeah just so we can get injured all right moving on Probably, this is a really good question for both of you since you've both been in the sport of weightlifting quite a bit. Um, how long does it, get, does it take to get good at weightlifting? <laughs> this is a funny question, actually. It just happened to me um, recently. 
I won't name it just because the person might listen or whatever, but he really wanted to rush in. Um, years. Like, years. Give me a number. How many years? Go on. I want to say... Wait, we mean good. Like What is good? Yeah, what is good? Proficient enough in the movements to be able to constantly do them every time. Ooh. Three to four years. Three to four years, do you reckon? Yeah. I reckon even more. I, yeah. <laughs> It depends. So, obviously, with anything, it depends. But it also depends how much the gym programs at, how much emphasis they put on weightlifting, how much you do in your own time, how much you do your own research. Like, personally, like, I... It was something I really, really struggled with. Like, Olympic lifting, I was always quite strong, so I could kind of just, like, muscle these ugly things. And then I started watching things on YouTube. Um, I started watching some really good lifters, followed them on Instagram, you know, like, Catalyst Athletics and Greg Everett and, you know, like learning from those people and so like I put a lot of time into that as well as like with the bar again and again and again like for me personally and Ollie's probably got his own story because he's competed at quite a high level with Olympic weightlifting but um I took a year off like formal CrossFit if you want to call it that because I did struggle with these so much and I wasn't getting stronger I kind of like got to a point where like I was fit I could do all the you know things you needed to do for CrossFit but my lifting, I'd hit a ceiling. So I spent a year and I put about five kilos on my body, <laughs> which was really hard as a female, right? Maths um, moves maths, though. Yeah, maybe. But um, I also put 30 kilos on my total. So, yeah, you know, you yeah. And, you know, actually competed in weightlifting. But I guess, you know, there are people that we train with or train in our gym who are amazing at lifting and, you know, do two sessions a day. Um, and, you know, have been to the Commonwealth Games. Hey, Hayley. <laughs> and, you know, like... And it's you, taken them years to get there. Oh, my God. Hayley, Hayley has, you know, if we sort of single her up for a second, sorry, Hayley. You know, but she has been, you know, solely dedicated to um, weightlifting for, like, the last 10 years. So just mm. to put that into perspective, maybe at least, like, eight, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, full-time. No CrossFit. So I think it's definitely something that is, like, missed a bit in CrossFit as such because you know you have such a short window in a in a class that you can do your yeah, 10 minutes to build to a max in CrossFit it, um, you, you do more complexes in a weightlifting thing than just pure snatching clean and jerk you do have big numbers and stuff but it doesn't quite come back down to pure weightlifting so it's a quite a hard question to answer that one actually but in my opinion at least three to four years to get proficient enough right mm. if you think about the thing of 10,000 reps you know? Yeah. 10,000 reps to break a habit. Yeah. So if I want to get really good at weightlifting, should I not be doing CrossFit? Mm, no, that's not the case. But if you wanted to get really good at just weightlifting, yes, probably. Okay. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's dependence on that. Yeah. Yeah. Each, each their own, right? You like, can go both ways. If, if, if I wanted to do, you know, weightlifting, do it pretty well, but, you know, add that odd metcon in, that's fine, right? I'm still getting better. Yeah. I just feel like if you want to build a weightlifting base, you would have to do purely weightlifting. Just because I feel like, comes back to, is your coach shit? Um, you, you're not going to get taught how to lift in an hour-long class where 10 minutes of it is on weightlifting. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Consistency of coach. You'd have to go to so many fucking classes. <laughs> we'll move on. All right. So the next one is, why should I run or swim as part of my training? Oh, I love that. so let's talk about running first why is running (coughs) such a key component in crossfit what do you what do you what's the the benefits for starters explain that 
Well, um, I I'm a firm believer. I t- I personally don't run enough. I'd hate it. Um, but um, our, our whole team needs to run. We it's on our list. Yes, yeah, sorry. Keep going. Team for what? Team for CrossFit Nationals. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We'll be running. Watch that space. Cullum's already running. The rest of us have to catch up. Yeah, Let's sure. go. I hate running, man. Um, but I am a firm believer that running is running long distance, running short distance, running intervals, is correlates massively back into CrossFit and makes you better in Metcons. Um, just just purely for the cardiovascular aspects, CrossFit is so varied and everything like running is one movement but the benefits it has of it is so much obviously it's not good for you if you're or for your joints and all that sort of stuff i've found um but long-term effects in crossfit you will get a lot better at crossfit if you run at least once a week it it helps push your aerobic capacity you know like your threshold yeah one person i love um I actually get a lot of coaching cues from is Chris Henshaw. Yeah, he's I love great. him. Love him. Yeah, if you haven't heard or seen <laughs> Chris Henshaw, get on that now. Let's stop this podcast. He is like look him up on YouTube and come back to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. learn about him first, please. <laughs> the king of aerobic capacity. If you want to get fit and good at running, like anything he does, you know, rowing, all of that, all the machines. Um, should I color the swimming part? Yeah. I was. We'll come, we'll come back to that. Ooh. I've got a side question from okay. this. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are putting too much of an emphasis on getting strong with the weights, doing the cool gymnastic stuff, and forgetting to do the aerobic capacity? Mm. Uh, yes and no. Oh, yes yeah, and no. I don't know. It's hard because you can get a rugby player come in who's so good at running, doesn't need to run, nationally athletic, but tell them the overhead squat stick mm. and you'd yeah. scare them out of the gym. Okay, so a rugby depends on the one athlete. Example of Just person, like yeah? everything, what depends makes, on the athlete. What makes is your coach shit? Is is he? Like, let me give the example of when I first started, and probably a lot of females who come into the CrossFit space. Often they're really cardio fit. You know, they've come from maybe another gym where they do like a lot of high intensity interval training. I use that term very loosely because it's actually just long metcons of forty five minutes. I don't know. Yeah, um, but they probably do need to work on the strength, right? Like, they've got that aerobic capacity. I know myself, like, I was so fit, but strength and skills were not there, so I had to spend a lot of time working on it and with the Olympic lifting. Mm. So it really does depend on the person. Beautiful. All right. Well, actually, can I add to that? Go on. Yeah, this is a hard thing. And I think, uh, I see this a lot, people get to a point where they feel like they're not progressing at all, right? Like, they've hit their threshold of, like, strength and capacity and skills but they're not willing to lose a bit of fitness to get stronger right because they have known as a mm. fit person and so they're but that's what they need to do to get better and leave your ego at the door team. really leave your ego at the door but that is so uncomfortable if you've always been like a really really fit person and yeah that was me all i used to do was run and swim like i was so fit no one could beat me in burpees but i had to actually lose a bit of that fitness to put a whole lot of my back squat like i couldn't squat i had no legs people like oh you're so good at squatting i'm like no because i had to work on it but most people won't get to that uncomfortable place to do that and they don't have to it's up to them depends what the goals are what they care about yeah all right move on to swimming Okay. Why do we need to swim in our training? What? What? Why? <sighs> it's never going to pop up in a in a class. It's never going to come in a, mm. in a little competition. So why is it mm. so important? 
I mean, for one, it does come up in competitions now. I think, you know, if you're testing all skills of fitness, it's definitely a skill of fitness. Um, Not so much smaller comps, though. Yeah, but most pretty decent comps should have swimming. To an, burn our camp. Um, but in terms of, I guess, like why you should add it to your training, it's a really good way to have get aerobic capacity without any of the load on your body so you get to work your lungs without any load on your body so that's super powerful and then it often it uses a lot of like little muscles um that you might not use in training as well as it helps you with positions because i think about guys who have really really tight arms and can't streamline you're not going to be very efficient swimming if you can't put your arms across uh, above your head and you know push off the wall and streamline really well so there's a lot of um benefits it's a really like nice way to take load off the body while still like pushing you know oxygen and blood around your body and getting some good movement in yeah cool happy with that yeah good all right we'll move on next one um what's a movement standard and why is it important so if if we're talking about (laughs) every day-to-day classes um how would how would you explain a movement standard to someone Oh, shit, that's a good question. I'll tell you how I see it first. I see movement standards as almost a guideline of how we can reference, you know, my squat to your squat. Yeah. Yep. So we know that the squat, hips come below parallel, all right? That's going to look different for us because we're different limb lengths, all right? We know that finishing of the movement is going to be hips, knees extended. Um, Again, different limb lengths is going to look different. Mm. But we can have these standards to meet that we're all on the same line I personally think standards should be and I guess they are in a way in some crossfit aspects um, movement standards should be doing something correctly efficiently and safely so is your movement standard is this person squatting with their feet too wide and is it safe for their hips to be like that are they naturally wide hipped or hipped do they have naturally wide hips or are they should they be squatting squatting narrower but they haven't been told that before so it should be efficient safe and correctly to the standard i guess that's what movement standards should be i'll expand on that a bit and take it a bit broader outside of like if we think movement standards we often think competition potentially Mm. i don't know yeah that's that's i guess where my point's coming from so i'm also thinking beyond that because remember crossfit is about functional movement that is useful for every day right so every day everyone yes and so i guess it's about passing through you know those planes of movement that we would in a you know our normal life so if we look at the example of a squat you know like say someone isn't squatting to depth or can't squat to depth you know and they get off the toilet like you know like <laughs> like that's a really random example but do you know what i mean like that's what we're setting people up for like yes you can look at the competition aspect and be able to compare that rep to that rep but beyond that like the wider kind of use of crossfit which sometimes we can forget when we only look at the sport is to make people healthier and better for life so the more that we can help them pass through those good planes of movement while being efficient in that and not use as little energy as possible to do that movement they're going to be better at life Mm. so i think there's that as well so it's not just the competition correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm not saying that you guys are saying that but yeah i think i know where you're coming from with this Mm. question though and competition and i think movement standard and competition should be in a broad term fear 
Hmm. is the only way you can kind of put it if there's movement standards in there to make it fair right like in every single thing you do there's rules to make shit fair like you can't play a game of chess with different rules you can't do crossfit with different movement standards you know Mm. and i think it's really cool right now we're seeing some of that come through in new zealand at least like there's this sort of judges league that um waka has started and he's you know, talking about movement standards and posting like how to, you know, judge a good rep and going through some of those CrossFit standards on movement. So, you know, educating people wider on that because, um, you know, as the sport grows from a sport perspective, um, you know, judging standards will be a bit skewy. So I think it's really cool. As to they are already. Yeah, but it's really cool to see him and others, you know, helping grow the sport in that way and try and get those standards so that it can be seen as a really, you know, standardized thing across the board. Mm. Mm. Agreed. Happy with that? Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, that's good. No, nah, that, that was good. Uh, really well done. Uh, so we've got two questions left. So second last question. Is it normal not to get coached in class once I can do everything? <laughs> if I've, it is normal at the moment but it shouldn't if be. I've ch- checked every box of every movement I can do it all should I still be getting coaching absolutely like, why why because you were there same to... reason Matt Fraser still gets taught to run by Chris Henshaw yeah you are ne- you never know too much so you know if we go back to Greg Glassman and thinking about like once you've nailed everything what do you do what does he call it what is it the um like efficiency virtuosity and movement right so once you've nailed everything go back and look at the basics again and that's where it's really cool to have like different eyes on you like different coach eyes on you because every coach will see something slightly differently and tell it in a different way um so yes absolutely should always get coaching like i guess for my for me personally in my classes i make sure people get in my class at least one you know like one-on-one point yeah hopefully more but like you know everyone gets at least one thing that they take away even if it's like hey that was really cool where you did xyz just you know next time make sure whatever they're like oh wow cool thanks that's what people are there for we're not cheerleaders we're not coordinators we're coaches and yeah i think nice yeah 100 percent. you should definitely still be getting coaching and and i think even for coaches you know like i think it's easy Callum or Ollie or you know any of our coaches are in the classes um it's easy to go oh they move well but you can still give them something and if yeah. you can't you need to look at your coaching and be like how can I upskill myself to help yeah, higher skill yeah. you know just because they can do it doesn't mean they do it efficiently and doesn't mean they can't do it more efficiently yeah for sure and how do coaches upskill Ooh, so themselves or others themselves like so back to James point mm. like you know if you're not giving someone a cue, like if Jane was coaching me and you and she couldn't give us a cue, what more could she look to do to be able to like upskill her so she can give us cues? How does, how does that work? How? So many. There's millions of things you yeah, can do. Yeah, like I guess... One I, is time. One is looking at it from an outside perspective. I reckon I got better at coaching once I stopped coaching for a year and then looked back at myself as like, oh shit, I could have done that better or mm. I need to do this if I coach again, blah, 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 blah. But there's always, there's so many things. You can go do more courses. You can go get, ask someone else to watch you coach. That's a really good like, one. And be like, oh, hey, you could have done this. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Outsource all of your knowledge. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, you Ollie, you bring up lots of good points here. Like, yes, like, personally, I like the one about, like, get someone to watch you coaching. 
that's really good because you can get complacent um, and think, you know, you're awesome, but an outside mm. perspective is always good. For me as well, like getting coached by other coaches, um, I have so many coaches in my life. Yeah, do a class. <laughs> yeah, do, do a coach, do a class. Yeah, but also go to other gyms. Every single time I go to another gym, I learn something, either yeah. a coaching cue, a warm-up thing, a way they run their class. It's like different things. Um, yeah, obviously courses, but like if you can get into like specialty courses and stuff, like for example, you know, our training camp, um, that'd be a really good way for different coaches to learn different ways of, you know, breaking things down. Um, yeah, there are heaps of ways to be able to do that. Okay. That was awesome. Yeah. I like that. Um, last question. How important is eating and sleeping compared to training? Oh, so, I'll give an example. This, I've been this, thinking this about this a lot lately, actually. This, is, it has, this hasn't happened, but this is just an example. Say, I'm coming into your class, Ollie. It's the 5 a.m. class. I've had four hours sleep and I haven't eaten anything. Eaten anything. What would you say to me? You're an idiot. <laughs> Why? Why am I an idiot? Um... Well, for starters, if you don't eat before you train, you've got high risk of injury. If you're tired, you've got high risk of injury. You have no energy when you eat. You have no energy when you don't sleep. So how are you going to do movements efficiently and properly? Your muscles are not ready for it. Uh, all of that. I, I've actually been thinking about nutrition a lot lately, and I've come up with a theory when people say you can't out-train a bad diet. I think you can, but you can't outperform a bad diet. Ooh, and there's a big difference in that. I like that. Because I used to out-train a bad diet, but when it came to performance, I'll get injured at competition, I'll get injured in early morning trainings, I'll get injured, um, blah, 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 blah. So you can out-train a bad diet, you can still look good eating Maccas every weekend, mm. but you definitely cannot outperform a bad diet. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. And look... For context, I could talk about this for hours, and I do. <laughs> like, yeah, it's your job, this is it? my job. I'm a nutrition <laughs> coach. I have a, you know, um, company. If, if you haven't seen already, head along to Strong Women Project and check out Jane and uh, Alan's yeah. amazing work they do there. Alan and I rant about this for ages. And look, to give and to answer that question, and I have to say this with you know my coach's hat on is it really depends. You can't give a blanket answer for this sort of stuff. Um, you know, if that was a one-off, maybe they need that mentally. They've got a mental day at work and they need to come in and move. If they can self-regulate and be like, I'm just going to move slowly. Clearly, like, my body's not where it needs to be. Cool. If it's, you know, a mum of three kids who's chronically stressed, doesn't have any time for herself, already isn't eating well, is already stressed out of her brain, adding that layer of stress in terms of training, underslept, no no uh, energy in terms of food, that's probably not the best time. So, you know, it, it really does depend. On the most part, probably not the best idea. If it's a one-off every now and then, and for the most part you're awesome, then yeah, cool. And that's where, like, nutrition and lifestyle and, you know, sleep and all of that, it's so individual. Um, that's why we say it's so nuanced, and that's why, you know, the internet and social media will have all different theories on everything. That's why, like, go work with a coach who can help you as an individual figure out what's best for you. Um, and then, you know, you're not guessing, you're not following random things on social media and stuff, and you know where the priorities are for you. Yeah, I could talk about that all day. Nice. <laughs> Feel free to, like, like Colm said, follow us on Strong Woman Project. We talk a lot about nutrition and fueling well for performance and aesthetic, depending on what your goals are. Epic. Well, hopefully you learned something out of that. Uh, there were some really good questions. If you guys do have any other questions, please feel free to submit them to the podcast as a comment, or if you want to comment on one of our Instagrams and send us through a 
question, we will do a user submitted question podcast uh, sometime soon. So put those in and we'll get on to it. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode, same from me, Jane and Ollie. Uh, catch you next time.